Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm the left wing for the win. He shoots and scores. Five, four, and a ten in is loose. Touchdown Elks. Trade forward into the end zone. Edmonton's home for great stories, local heroes, and everything you need on the Oilers and Elks. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers. The heavy hitters of injury law. Early in the third period, the Maple Leafs lead the Blue Jackets 5-4. Austin Matthews has a goal in that game. 29 on the season. My goodness. Also in the third, Nashville up 3-2 on Detroit. Now, Nashville, one of the two teams in the two wildcard spots in the Western Conference. So that is a target for the Edmonton Oilers, both Nashville and Arizona coming into tonight with 38 points. The Oilers do have games in hand on both those teams, but in terms of points, Edmonton five out of a playoff spot. Panthers lead the Rangers 3-2 in the third, and also early in the third, Devils up 4-1 on the Senators. Second period, Islanders with a 2-0 edge on the Capitals. Chicago leads Dallas 2-1. Avalanche and the Blues in a 1-1 tie. And later, the aforementioned Coyotes will take on the Ducks and the Flyers, who will be the opponent in the Oilers' next home game on Tuesday, January 2nd. Visit the Tentacles. Uh, Earlier today, of course, Canada falling 2-0 to Sweden at the World Juniors. My colleague, our afternoon show host, filling in for Chelsea Bird while she's on her mat leave, Bryn Griffiths, was at that game. And uh, my interview with him coming up between 7.30 and 8 tonight to respect Bryn's attempt to uh, sleep (laughs) at some points during that tournament. We uh, taped this interview at 4 o'clock Mountain, which was still midnight in Sweden. But uh, very thankful that Bryn took the time to do that. He'll have some uh, really cool perspective on what it's like to attend games there and just the the vibe in the city for the World Juniors. And, of course, I asked him what he's been eating because I have to know about the uh, cuisine whenever he travels somewhere. That scoreboard I gave you was presented by Cougar Painted Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. Before the show started, we had a a, a rather uh, menacing preview for a show named Dr. Death. What is this show about? Do we know, Derek? I'm not really sure. I feel like it's some like a plastic surgeon, and I don't know if he's killing folks, or but we'll have to Google it. It appears to be about... Well, it's into its second season already. It, it appears to be about doctors who mutilated and or killed their patients. I don't think you're supposed to do that if you're a doctor. That's pro- that's not your hippopotamus oath, <laughs> as uh, Homer Simpson once said. <laughs> don't forget your hippopotamus oath. I love it. All right. So anyway, that is uh, Dr. Death, perhaps another show that we'll have to watch. You can get in touch, by the way, at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. 780-496-0063. 
You can also email insidesports at 630ched.com. This is, I, I, I just feel like I have to say this, even though to me it doesn't really mean too much. It's the final Inside Sports of 2023. Now, I will be on air Saturday and Sunday hosting the Oilers broadcasts, and then Inside Sports, to my knowledge, is, uh, oh, and then I'll have a, Monday we got a, a year in review show in this time slot, and then uh, Tuesday we got a game. So to my knowledge, Inside Sports is back on Wednesday. So to me, it's business as usual. But I just feel like we, we kind of have to say, well, it's been a great year doing shows, everybody. And thank you for listening. Uh, so I'll get that out of the way right away. Uh, I, I'm going to throw a, a question at you here. And I, before we get to some Oilers clips from today, uh, Ekholm and DeHarnay spoke as the Oilers have won three straight. And they have won 11 of their last 14. And they have gone 13-6 and six under Knobloch. And they have gone 14-6 and six in their last 20. So things looking good after that horrific start. So I, I want to get some comments from those guys on that. But it is the LA Kings tomorrow. And... In the last two seasons, the Oilers have eliminated the Kings in the first round. In seven games, and then in six, in our intro to the show, one of the highlights we have is the Hyman overtime goal from game four of that series when the Oilers came back from three zip to win it. Uh, so I want to know this at 780-496-0063 for our, well, it's I guess sort of our slightly off-topic topic. Who is... In your mind, as I assume most of you are Oilers fans, or even if you're not, who is the Oilers' chief rival now? And you can look at this maybe combining the perspective uh, of you as an Oilers fan and perhaps what other fan bases or organizations might think. Bob, I asked Bob this on his show about 50 minutes ago. He thinks it's the Vegas Golden Knights. I think it's the L.A. Kings simply because L.A. has eliminated Edmonton the last two years and they have played 13 playoff games against each other. I also think you have to consider the Todd McClellan angle. I I don't think, I, I can't imagine he was happy with how he was dismissed from the Edmonton Oilers. Um, I, I think Todd enjoyed his time here and appreciated his time here. Uh, but again, I can't imagine he was thrilled with how it ended, especially when you can, uh, you know, question some of the quality of some of the players he was given and some of the moves made by his general manager over his, especially near the end of uh, Shirelli's tenure here and Todd's tenure here as well. And then I, I can't imagine that Todd is thrilled to see his longtime uh, colleague, member of his coaching staff, and friend Jay Woodcroft let go by the Edmonton Oilers after less than two full seasons on the job. So I think that factors into the animosity as well. So in my mind, it is right now the LA Kings, the uh, chief rival for the Edmonton Oilers. I think you can make an argument for Vegas. I don't see much of a strong argument for Calgary anymore. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, it's the Battle of Alberta. Yes, they are provincial rivals. Yes, they did have a playoff series. Yes, they did play in the Heritage Classic, but it's not 1991. It, it just it doesn't feel like that to me anymore with these two teams. Some of you will remember what it felt like in 1991. Some of you won't. By the way, the video stores were hopping in uh, 1991. So anyway, uh, who is the Oilers' chief rival right now and why? Uh, 780-496-0063. That game against the Kings tomorrow is a 6.30 face-off show, and the game will start at 8. And then Sunday, it's in Anaheim, 4.30 for the face-off show, and that game will start at 6. So the the Oilers here, it's uh, it, it's been a pretty good run, obviously. 
they, they've had a couple of – so 14 and 6 of their last 20. They've had two three-game losing streaks. That's all that they've had for losses. I, I mean, they, they won – Woodcroft's last game, that started a three-game winning streak. They lost three in a row. They then won eight straight. They lost three in a row, and now they've won three in a row again. So hopefully they can keep this one going a little bit as well. 5 nothing last night against the Sharks. What I would like to point out is that the Oilers have not scored a power play goal in their last five games. And they've still been able to win three of those five games. They had a very, what did, I think Bob said it was 17 seconds or something like that. So they really didn't have a power play last night. But, so no power play goals the last three games. And they've had four goal periods in each of the last three games. I think if I, I were, at least if someone were to tell me, hey, Reed, if, if I hadn't been watching the games and covering the games and someone said to me, hey, the Oilers have scored... Uh, four goals in a period, three games in a row, I, I would probably say out of those 12 goals, I would guess three or four would have been on the power play to light the spark or to keep the spark going. Zero. Zero goals on the power play last five games. Now, you don't want that to continue necessarily, but it is a good sign about the Oilers' five-on-five play. Big defenseman Matthias Ekholm on why they've been better five-on-five. That's a great question. I think we were bearing down on chances a little bit more. I think we're getting more looks, um, sustained pressure. So, But at the end of the day, it's about scoring goals, and that's what we've been doing. I feel like we've had chances all year, but right now we're bearing down on them, and, and that's been obviously paying dividends for, for the last couple of games here. So we're looking to continue that. A little bit there from Ekholm after the practice in Los Angeles. Uh, the Oilers have also been able to cut down on the goals against. And look, I, I know there have been some rocky games along the way. But if you just look at uh, the games in December, they have allowed three or fewer goals in eight of the ten games. One, three, one one seven five three 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 and zero. So, you know, th- I think three or less in the NHL these days. You're going to at least give yourself a chance. We are not seeing them get shredded off the rush and off turnovers in the neutral zone or bad pinches in the ozone nearly as often as we were seeing in the first uh, 12 or 13 games of the season. And Vinny DeHarnay commented on the Oilers' improved defensive play. Honestly, I think it's just a, a commitment to everyone doing their own job and trusting each other uh, that everyone's going to do uh, their their own job. I think we kind of got away from that where uh, at the start of the season we were kind of uh, not trusting our, 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 our partner, not 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 trusting our, our line mate, our line mate. And I think with our work ethic and our, our, our we you know we were relentless to try to get to, to, to our game. And uh, now that we have our game, we just got to keep keep doing it, keep trusting each other. And uh, by by doing that, I think that our confidence is going to be uh, really good. All right, so a little bit there from DeHarnay, and uh, Ekholm also commented on why they've been defending better. For me, defense is just all about commitment, and and it's about the back check, about the back pressure, all that kind of stuff negates the, the rush usually. So I think our forces have done a really good job of that. I think us as D-men are holding our gaps a lot better and, and making it harder on them to create those rush chances, and, and defensively overall, I feel like we've been better. Well, yeah, but to me, the rush chance is uh, an absolute big difference, a big difference in what we saw earlier in the season. Uh, another thing I think we have to talk about, you know, when they made the coaching change, you know, it was surprising in terms of the fact that I, I never thought that would have been a storyline at the start of the season. I, the, the record reached a point where uh, they felt they had to do something. 
and I said this the day of the hiring, Chris Knobloch was probably going to be an NHL coach in 12 to 18 months anyway, right? Some, someone was, you know, he's kind of been on the radar for a lot of teams for a while. The the To me, making Paul Coffey unassisted was, well, quite frankly, in my mind, a little bit out of left field. I had no idea how it was going to go. And that doesn't mean I thought it was going to go bad or that I, I didn't think it was going to work out. I like Literally, I had no idea how this is going to go. Never coached in the NHL, was a great player, has been with the organization, yes, but in an advisory role, how is it going to go putting this guy on the bench? Well, so far, so good. If you look at the uh, how a lot of the defensemen have been playing, and DeHarnay commented on Coffey's impact today. I think he's had a great impact. When when you have a guy of that that stature coming into the, the locker room and, and talking, everyone's is listening to him, and uh, you know that you know he's played with so many good players, and he's he's a great player himself. And um, I think that it just you know, he brings something that uh, maybe we didn't have as much before. And uh, you know the the decor, I think we've we've improved a lot, and we uh, we started playing a little bit more connected. And I think he brought that a lot the communication aspect of it and, and playing together. And, always being always being there for your partner so uh so far it's been it's been really good all right and also uh Matias Ekholm talking about what coffee has brought to the team I think he's been great I think he he uh he obviously wants us to play good defense but he also wants us to get up ice and make plays and when you do so you have the puck and and you keep it within your team you don't just punt it away so I think we have had more on our sticks and trying to find guys instead of just um, getting rid of it. And I think he's been a big contributor to that. All right, yeah, getting the puck up to those forwards and uh, letting them go to work. And the Oilers have been pretty good at both ends of the rink over the last 20 games, again, going 14-6 and six during that run. Tougher test tomorrow against the Kings. Uh, again, I think this is the Oilers' chief rival right now and a team that has spent uh, a lot of time and a lot of thought on how to beat the Edmonton Oilers. And McClellan said it after they were eliminated last year. He said, okay, we, we like every other team, I'm paraphrasing here, but we like every other team want to win the Stanley Cup. Right now, we can't even get out of our division. Right now, we've been eliminated by the same team in our division the last two years. So I think a lot of the Kings' focus is saying, hey, we got to beat Edmonton and then see where we can go from there. Uh, but the Oilers, I know Bob was talking about the Oilers' schedule. you got Anaheim on Sunday. It is a back-to-back, but certainly the Ducks, uh, except for that goaltending performance by Dostal last year, have not done well against the Oilers. you got Philadelphia coming to town on Tuesday. Ottawa uh, is next Saturday, January 6th. Except for that lockout, or not the lockout, except for that pandemic-affected uh, 56-game season, the Senators usually do pretty well at Rogers Place, but that year they didn't win a game. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got road games against Chicago, Detroit, and Montreal. Nobody's really a powerhouse there. The Leafs are here mid-January, big games in the division against Seattle and Calgary, uh, and then Columbus, Chicago again, and Nashville. Um Going into the uh, going to the Oilers bye week and All Star break at the end of the month, so I, I think the opportunity here is to, to bank some points if the Oilers continue playing consistently and, and stay healthy, and we'll see what happens with the goaltending. Certainly, as Bob was speculating, maybe we see Olivier Rodrigue as soon as the game on January sixth against Ottawa. I don't know. I do think we're going to see him. I think we've reached that point. I, and if you would have told myself uh, in the past four or five weeks ago that I would be saying that on the radio, then I would have said, well, I guess I can look forward to losing my mind a little bit. Uh, but I think Rodrigue deserves to be rewarded for how he's doing, and, and clearly the uh, 
process for Jack Campbell to rehabilitate his game in the minors has not been going as well as I think many people would have hoped. Anyway, 780-496-0063. If you want to chime in on anything, the specific uh, off-topic topic is who do you consider the Oilers' chief rival these days and why? We will have Bryn Griffiths coming up from the World Juniors in Sweden. It's Inside Sports on Chet. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. That is indeed the name of the show, my young friend. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Uh, I got the uh, Dallas and Chicago game on the TV. Now 3-2 for the Stars about halfway through the second period. Joe Pavelski has a goal in that game, his 14th of the season. Will he ever stop scoring? I feel like who's ever doing this show in 2075 will still be telling you about goals scored by Joe Pavelski. Well, maybe his great-grandkid at that juncture. Derek Scott is down the hallway. Derek, how are you doing? Good, Reed. You? Yeah, I'm doing great. Nice to talk to you. What's shaking over there? All right. Well, we got a few texts here. Uh, first of all, we'll get to the one from Frazier. Frazier says, we will always have a battle of Alberta. However, I think L.A. is our current rival. Uh, that is, is that from Fraser Crane, perhaps? Uh, Dr. Fraser Crane, I believe, yes. <laughs> Was that, is that show not on again? I think it is. It came back for a reboot. Fraser, I'm Googling this now. I, I feel like I, oh yeah, 2000 free. I think it's one of those Paramount Plus. Kelsey Grammer. Hello. I'm an expert on this one. Oh, is this Eileen Bell? It is. It oh is. my I God, she knows all things Fraser. Fraser. This is you amazing. Bet. I didn't know you liked Fraser. Oh yeah, I actually got Paramount Plus just to see this new show, and apparently there's, I think there's only ten episodes, so I'm almost done, and I can boot that monthly cost out. But uh, yeah, it, it's really well done. It's it has him back in Boston as opposed to being in Seattle. Because the other Fraser, so he was in Cheers in Boston. He was in, in Cheers. He was in Boston. Right. And then he got the spinoff from Cheers. In Seattle. Okay, and that where show he was a radio host. That and then, show ran for eleven years. That might have been longer than Cheers ran. Yeah, and then it was off for I don't know how long. But during that time, he became a, a famous TV personality nationally. The character did, and then he uh, moved to Boston, where he's now a Harvard University professor. Oops, I just born, I just uh, ruined the pilot. But that's well, how that turned th- out. That's yeah. okay. I'm sure people yeah. will forgive you. All <laughs> right, so that's the deal with the Fraser reboot. Cheers was also eleven seasons, by the way. Oh. It was just interesting to be out of all the funny characters on that show, he's the one that got the spin-off. Well, maybe uh, maybe they didn't think a series about a know-it-all mailman would be that funny. <laughs> I don't know. Or <laughs> or Woody perhaps. Or uh, well, well that you know what? Pretty good. I think of so. all the like, who else went on to that prolific of a career though is Woody Harrelson. Ted well, Danson Dan Danson okay. still does a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah, I guess they all did. I know Kirstie Alley passed in the last. I, I guess they they all kind of did their own stuff. George went maybe not as much. Who am I missing? Real Perlman. Uh, Rhea Perlman was in the Barbie movie. Rhea Perlman. Uh, she that was is, awesome. She's married yeah. to Danny DeVito. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, Kirstie Alley? Kirstie Alley. Uh, yeah, she was in movies and TV shows. I don't Shelley know. Shelley Long. Oh, yes. They could have picked her up somewhere later in her life. Right, they could have picked up that character. Lilith could have probably had her own spinoff. What's yeah. her name? BB Nerwith or something like that? Newer, newer, her real yeah. name. Oh, you're okay. good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I watched a lot of Cheers in high school and started university. It was it was a good show. Uh, Woody Harrelson's in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's in a lot of stuff. Okay, Eileen, thank you. Not to no problem. Not I to, have to get ready for the not news to anyway. Poo you. I have to get ready for the we, news anyway. Okay. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right, fantastic. You gotta love the tangents on this show. Oh, yeah. It's really quite beautiful. <laughs> All right, so that was a text from Fraser. Probably not the sitcom character. Probably not. What else? Probably not. <laughs> uh, this one here is from A.H. or Ah. Ah, yeah, we love Ah. Okay, this one says, Reed, the two teams I demand we beat are Toronto and Vancouver. I absolutely hate when the team doesn't rise to those games. Maybe not a rival per se for this fan. Those are the games I hate losing. Even during Decade of Darkness, long as we beat Toronto and Vancouver, all was okay. Uh, Toronto, well, yeah, I think there's a lot of sort of animosity towards Toronto uh, generally in this part of the world, not all hockey-related. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, yeah, I guess it would be... I, look, this, this is the fun part of the, for this. It's an individual thing. I guess for me it would be hard to identify a team in the other conference because you only play them twice a year. So, yeah, when the Leafs, when the Oilers play the Leafs, there's, there's hubbub around it, and now it's McDavid Matthews and all that all that kind of stuff. But in terms of a chief rival, I'd, I'd be more likely to pick a divisional team. You know, maybe the Oilers and Canucks will play in the playoffs this year, and that'll set something off. Who knows? That'd be fun. Do we, we have time for one yeah, more? Yeah, I think yeah, we, we can slide have time one, for more. one more. Get okay, in. here we go. Kings, Reed, the Oil played all four games last season against them. Like, they hated them. The only team they played like that. You had Edler and Mikey Anderson cause injuries. McDavid plowing their guy Velarde into the boards, missing like nine games right into the playoffs. This is a team I've been waiting all season for. That's from Anthony and the Hat. I, wasn't, it, wasn't it Anderson that McDavid hit, or did he hit Velarde? I thought he hit Anderson. Maybe I'm thinking of other, but anyway, yes, there were there has been nastiness between the. And I mean, Hyman doesn't fight a lot. He fought somebody against the Kings as well. So yeah, to to me, that's why it's uh, why it's the LA Kings. All right, we'll get to some more of your texts, and Bryn Griffiths will check in from Sweden. He's been watching World Junior Games. It's Inside Sports on Chet.